Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of uh, the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And I'm Hal Ryan of the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Chris Henry from the Apollo 13 Minute. And we're still we're, we're driving past that good food and just want to stop by for a steak. And, you know, there's a reason. Yes, <laughs> I love that in quotes. There's a reason. And one one can only surmise, one can only yeah. try to guess what that reason might be. Um, I did a quick look. I didn't really see any continued existence or evidence of Charlie's Diner. Did you come across anything, Jim? No, I was trying I was trying somewhere Charlie's Diner in uh, in Los Angeles, Charlie's right. Diner in Seattle, and right. there are several Charlies, but they're mostly bar and grills and yeah. unfortunately and a, a too all too common name. Yeah, there's a Charlie's uh, cheesesteaks in yeah. uh, in LA that I came across as well. No. But you know, fractions of seconds before this, it was really right at the end of yesterday's minute, but it was in a dissolve from some other signs to this look at at uh, Charlie's Diner 20 years in this spot. Um, a sign that's instantly obsolete, by the way, which I just love. Um, with, we saw a part of a sign, and I was wondering what it was, part of a sign with an owl on it. I was able to find that. And it's... Uh, uh, you get a picture of a very smart, uh, obviously very wise owl. It says, be wise. Then it says, clear heads. And we just saw CH. And what was missing was clear heads choose Calvert, as in Calvert whiskey. So ah, uh, they were around uh, from the mid-30s up until they sort of became part of, or then became part of Seagram's and then sort of rolled into subsidiaries through the 50s. But there is now a, uh, at least once again, another Calvert whiskey out there that I believe is related, but I can't say that for sure. But nothing like a giant billboard saying that, uh, you know, <laughs> that clear heads uh, choose Calvert, I guess, until they no longer want to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do like at Charlie's Diner, they have a neon sign that says breakfast, lunch, and dinner in neon. And I was wondering if they have it on a three-position switch. It's like, no, we've stopped serving breakfast. Exactly. We're going to lunch. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mr. Fancy Pants wants eggs at 10 a.m. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Can't you read the sign? What says lunch? <laughs> have an egg sandwich, yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, free parking. You just, you know, just up the street from... Uh, as, as we keep going, the, we, uh, the next thing we drive past is the six, 617 Auto Park. So apparently we've gone into pay parking yeah. territory. Uh, it's interesting, though, the 617 Auto Park, it says free parking. And then right below free parking, it says 10 cents for one hour, 25 cents all day. So it must be, <laughs> what, for the first half hour or something is it free? It for our for our something. Oh, okay. Free yeah, parking for patrons. For patrons. Oh, oh, customers get free parking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. How do they know? I, right. well, I guess I don't know. You get a ticket, and you yeah. get probably getting a uh, validated. Now, did the guys? Do the guys at the Shine Parlor do that for you? I'm just wondering. I, if they they're... don't look like they do any favors for anybody. Yeah, they look actually seriously <laughs> pissed off that they're in this movie. They're glaring. Yeah. at the the camera crew. Yeah, by. they just they just saw the crew go by. At, you know, the people at six nineteen. They're at six nineteen. While the six seventeen Auto Park is raking in those parking dollars. These guys <laughs> right. are <looking> exactly. <laughs> These guys are just trying to shine shoes and make a living so they can yeah. go to, they can and go next door and get a good steak yes or, yeah <laughs> or, or some rainier beer right which, uh... another uh and that's where i was going to redeem myself with my pacific northwest background that uh yeah, rainier beer absolutely uh, a staple of the pacific northwest and um they were most famous for one of the dopiest commercials of all time that i remember i would guess very early 80s 
but it was just a long shot like out in the country i think mount rainier was in the background and you had a motorcycle coming at you and they had just piped in audio of the the motorcycle as it's accelerating and shifting through gears it's just saying rain <laughs> like this and i think That's that was awesome. the entire that was the entire commercial and then you had the red r logo pop up at the end which uh uh, the brewery right just south of downtown Seattle had a giant R, and then that went away. And when Tully's Coffee bought the building, they put up a big green letter T where the R used to be, so there'd still be something there. Then that came down, and then somebody put up a smaller version of the R to try to uh, when Tully's went away. And uh, but now, at least I would say, within the last few years, last time we were uh, last time we spent any time out there, Rainier beer, beer was back at some level or other. So. Um, wow. it, uh, it kind of went away. I was never really a beer drinker when Rainier was around, so I've, I've never even tried it. I, I certainly know plenty of people in high school who would choose between Rainier beer and Olympia beer. Um, and, uh, generally Rainier won because it tasted slightly less like slug bait than the, uh, <laughs> Olympia. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, I, I keep thinking about all these returning soldiers and sailors seeing the. The guy in the behind the large blonde woman holding the uh, the, the tray of near <laughs> yes, beer, exactly. and he's the least look he's the least least navy looking guy. <laughs> he just looks like um, he's waiting for the village people to uh, start a, start a group. Uh, just I, I keep. I would about, say he's looking past her, just straight at the beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, we'll just put it that no, way. I don't no think time for blondes. Her. It's beer yes, time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which would make him probably like the most navy guy ever. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. There you go. Well, that. He's redeeming himself there, but he's yes. so, just so happy about you know being being a navy guy with with his Rainier beer. Um, I, I beer when I always think of uh, bad beer commercials. Uh, I grew up uh, in New Jersey, and it was always Schaefer was the uh, the tide over beer from from Pennsylvania, and their tagline was always the one beer to have when you're having more than one. <laughs> Good Lord, wow! <laughs> sort of low expectations. Yeah, wow. so you, you better pick up a case because yeah. you, you're, gonna, you're gonna stop with one, are you? Just yeah. keep going. <laughs> Oh, after man. three, it tastes pretty good. <laughs> right, exactly. And then maybe that blonde looks better after all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when we're in the in the car and it's kind of a uh, uh, POV shot, we just see the uh, uh, like we're peeking over the driver's shoulders. We see the three guys in the mirror. Is that just yeah. is that just live? Is that just the mirror that, is perfectly that, placed? That's a that's a process shot. That's a that's okay. a process mat. I'd say because uh, it's I don't how how would you possibly get that aligned so perfectly yeah they and they, it seems really sophisticated because it's, yeah. it's really seamless it doesn't it doesn't look particularly processed except for the fact that the composition is so good and where would the giant camera have to be uh, for you to be able to get that perfect angle of all all three of them yeah it's the only way you can really tell is the matte line doesn't really follow the mirror they they keep oh, keystones sure. It keystones a bit on the right-hand side of the screen, so they, right. they needed to bring the mat line down a little bit on the right. But you know, they William Wyler was not aware that there were going to be VCRs and streaming platforms in the future, so uh, they so didn't know that kinda... we'd be obsessing over this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when we're looking in the mirror, are we seeing rear projection behind the guys too? That That's right. The, yeah. The so fir- got... Yeah. The fir- the process shot. So we, you have a process shot where they're showing a rear projection, 
Yeah. And uh, they film they filmed those guys just for that scene. And uh, uh, Homer had to say his line about, "Hey, there's Butch's place." Yeah. And uh, and match it up with the with the follow on shot. And he even got it right that you they flop the they flop the screen image so that it's the mirror image of themselves. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As you can see that uh, um, uh, Fred Marsh's uh, overseas cap is tipped the wrong way. It, yeah. It's over his left eye, would be over his right eye, but because it's a mirror image, then that's correct. So that's amazing how many layers there are in this one shot. And you think about that's... And it's what... Although the effort that, that, three that took and how sophisticated that was for just a simple, you know, we're driving along, hey, there's Butch's place. Yeah, and, and uh, Weiler putting us in the back seat with the boys. We're coming right. home too, so we, we identify a lot. And he's doing Chekhov's shotgun here. So don't forget, there's a place called Butch's place. It's Homer's right. uncle. Yes, in case exactly. you didn't notice, his name is Butch. He has a new neon sign. Something <laughs> yep. to talk about if we ever get by Butch's place. So there must be a guy named Butch somewhere. Right, and he has a place, from what I yeah. hear. Yeah, uh, he's a good guy. But yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, ha- hammered home. Uh, but we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably return return to Butch's place uh, with Butch Angle, and uh, Homer. You get the feeling that his parents are kind of straight laced because uh, he mentions that the family don't think he's respectable because he sells liquor. So, right. uh, and he must have gotten laugh. he must have gotten into it after he was out of it because of prohibition. <laughs> so, you know, some if he if he was in that job before 1933, he was a bootlegger. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's definitely going to be a character to uh, to find. Um, and Fred says, you know, we'll have to get together sometime. But of course, the assumption here is this is the last time they see each other. We're, we're assuming that they're uh, strangers on a train, pretty much. They right. form form fast friendships, but you can't expect to see anybody ever again. Yeah, and you you sort of assume Fred's line is just being polite. Oh, yeah, we'll have to get together sometime. And I always uh, I, I I like this this next line just because somehow it's not sarcastic when Al says swell <laughs> and <laughs> and it's uh he seems he seems sincere I I think I don't think he really expects that they'll all to get together I think they're all still just sort of being polite yeah sure we'll get together it'd be good to see you you know now get out of my cab and never see you again <laughs> yeah. but but he's so enthusiastic with the swell and I I I can never think of anybody but uh, Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry <laughs> swell. swell. <laughs> Your mouthwash ain't making it. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we get Homer turns down that beautiful tree line street, which I, I know this is somewhere in California, but uh, gosh, it looked, my old neighborhood in New Jersey looked just like, I mean, all those houses, the big oh, four yeah. square houses. Yeah. That was pretty much where I grew up. And, uh, Chris, I know Pittsburgh's not too much different from this. There's a lot of no. I grew up in a house uh, that looks just like this. Uh, as a matter of fact, the town that I grew up in was actually named for a steel mill, uh, and the steel mill built the houses. Um, and you worked in the steel mill. You could buy the house from the from the from the factory, if you will. Um, and it was all sort of owned by the the mill. If it was one of those sort of deals where yeah, you work com- for the mill. The company and, store, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the house I grew up in and it, the t- little town was just outside of Pittsburgh called Ambridge and it was American Bridge Company uh, that had the town. So, yeah. Uh-oh. My uh, my dad was a welder who uh, w- worked under contract for American Bridge. They built part of the Verrazano Narrows Bridge which connects Staten Island to Brooklyn. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> small world. Um <laughs> 
but yeah, it, it's interesting watching everybody's expression change. Well, uh, Homer's starting to get the idea. Oh yeah, I'm coming home. Oh, I'm, I'm coming home. <laughs> just uh, the way he plays that is so subtle. And just considering this is his first non, uh, you know, uh, documentary, mil- you know, not working for the War Department. Um, yeah. The the idea that he's he's doing this as, as a Hollywood acting job, he just does a fantastic job here, showing the strain, the anxiety, the worry that. I wonder if Wilma's home, and is he going to have to face Wilma right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you it, know, if you had asked him two weeks earlier, or whenever, however far back you'd have to go when he was in the thick of it and coming home didn't seem real yet, you, you, you would have said, all I want to do is get home and see Wilma. That's all yeah. I want to do, all I yeah. want to do, all I want to do. And then, as you said, now it's becoming real. We're, we're a, a, a house or two away from where she might be, and he's... He's nervous as hell. You know, I yeah. had, when I when my my the one of the few stories my dad ever told me uh, about his service was uh, when he was he he was in Vietnam and he came home and he said when you were in Vietnam you couldn't wait to get out of there. I, I mean it was it was you know it, it was awful. And he said you came home and your buddies were happy to see you even though you kind of felt like you didn't know your buddies anymore. And but they were your friends when you left, you know. And he said they, you know, you'd, you'd get you know dressed up or whatever, and you'd go out to to you know out with the gang on a Friday night. And he said, and all you could think about were your buddies back in Vietnam, and that you'd much rather go back and be there with them. Wow. Uh, that you you just didn't seem to fit anywhere. And uh, that was sort of his. That that was the one story he always told me about it was he just when he came home he said he just didn't seem to fit anywhere. He didn't want to go back to Vietnam, but he felt like he belonged there more than he belonged here. And uh and the stuff that was normal before he left didn't seem normal anymore. Wow. My my uncle Al was uh he was in uh, the infantry and was sent to uh this is during World War Two. He was in the Battle of Bastogne and was uh, captured the first oh, the, wow. after that first sweep, you know, the first like when the Germans came out of everywhere and grabbed him and he had a pretty much march across he had a march across belgium and germany and uh wound up in a prison camp and he wasn't uh, uh he wasn't uh released until may uh, you know like the middle of may wow and uh he woke up one morning and all the camp guards were gone and the war the war had ended but the camp was still under you know like under control of the uh the guards and he woke up one day and there was nobody there but he uh and he was a big guy he was like five foot five foot ten but he's you know a muscular guy but when he got out of the prison camp he weighed 85 pounds oh my gosh and uh he came home and he didn't tell his mother that he was coming home he just gotten home he got off a train and went to his house and uh the door was locked and he rang the doorbell and his mother opened the his mother opened the door and saw him and screamed and slammed the door Oh, she didn't know what she didn't know what to do. Her first reaction was, "Oh my!" And boom, slammed the door. And uh, he he went over to my to my dad's house. My dad uh, he was my my dad's closest friend who later married. He and my dad married two sisters, so that's how he wound up being my uncle. Um, but uh, uh, my dad my dad met my mom at my aunt's wedding. Uh, so if you know if if it hadn't been for Hitler, I probably would never. Have, yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's a it's a long story, but um, but yeah. Anyway, my my uh, my dad went back with him to uh, uh, to his house, and uh, they rang the doorbell again, and they they went back, and she was you know 
her, his mother, of course, was horrified that she that was her initial reaction, but she just couldn't. It was too much to process. She knew he was in a prison camp, but all she had gotten from the Red Cross was, "Your son is alive, and we're right. you know we're going to be getting him home soon." But she didn't know he was he was there. He was gonna you know he's gonna be there. Wow. Um, and uh, that, that's all I have in the way of homecoming stories. It's just <laughs> just a you know it was. I mean, but you think about that being replayed hundreds of thousands, even millions of times as everybody found their way home from World War II across the world. Um, everybody had various reactions not too dissimilar to Homer, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but just, uh, you know, and Homer, Homer's brilliant plan now is, well, let's not do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's go back to Butch's. Let's he go sells back liquor, finally. you know. Don't yeah. worry, he's not respectable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Butch will get us liquored up, and then we can face this. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, but my you can head's tell- clear. I'll choose some Calvert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me what the owl told you. What the owl told me to take. Yeah. Uh, but I just love Frederick. Frederick March's line reading on here is "You're home now, kid." Uh, it's so you know he cuts to the chase. There is yeah. there is no turning back now. You're at the you know. The the, right. the jump light is green. You've got to go. And that's such a perfect sort of no nonsense kind of thing you'd expect from the the grizzled NCO who's yeah you know yeah who's the, yeah. the you know the real uh, the real brains of the outfit. <laughs> yeah, no, and he's probably heard that he's probably heard something similar to that for years from many of the guys under his care. Sure. Uh, no, we're not doing that. We're doing it this way. Um, and just the the two guys, you know, it's like he keeps thinking. This is his last chance for them to pull the, you know, play the camaraderie card. But the two guys know better, and just, just the look on Fred and Al's faces there is like, yeah, you, you pulled the short straw, kid. You're, you're out the door first. <laughs> you're first. Ah, that's such a, such a beautiful scene. Just great right. actors, yeah. and you, you forget you're in Hollywood. You're, they're not on a, they're not on a soundstage in the back of half a car. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's. Uh, and it seems it seems like such a universal feeling. You can identify with everybody in the back of that cab. Um, I don't know if I could be as tough as Al, though. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh, no kidding. And just that whole concept of being so scared and so nervous about getting back to the thing that you've been dreaming of nonstop, you know, for so long. But it it shows how how we as people get so we adapt so deeply to whatever our circumstances are. So for these three guys, you know, the war is as horrible and draining and difficult as it was, it became normal. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was, that was the, their normality. And now come home and talk to people and stuff. It's just, yeah, why don't we go stop at Butch's on the way? I, <laughs> you don't know what it would take to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know it's it's just amazing that the army, well, all the all the armed forces, didn't have that they, they posted little fifteen minute videos which you can find on YouTube right now. You know what to do when you're out of the service, um, but there's no way they could prepare any of these people. You know, fleets of people coming home with expectations that nobody could possibly meet. They right. you know they they had this dream idea of what their coming home was going to be like, but they didn't realize everybody was going to be doing that at the same time and trying to figure out, you know, I'm going to get a great job. Well, so is everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to get, you know, a car and a house and a picket fence and all that. It's like, well, there aren't any, we still got to grind up all those B-17s first. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no um, kidding. Yeah. Wow. Well, it just is, this has just been a stunning first week for, for us being on this show. It's great being three weeks in, but uh, there's so much more to come in this movie. And, uh, and we'll be talking more about it uh, in, in, our, in our final week next week uh, as we get to get into the meat of uh, watching Homer facing his homecoming. Uh, but we'll, we'll pick that up next time. Uh, by the way, we're, you know, we are part, uh, Chris and Hal and I are, are part of Movies by Minutes. Uh, Chris and I did the, uh, the Apollo 13 minute and had a, had a great time with that. And, uh, and Hal and I did the, uh, the Rocketeer minute and had an equally similar, amazing, unbelievable time <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> having great excuses to talk with people who made the movies that we love is the best part, I think, of being, uh, being part of Movies by Minutes. You're here. Um, yeah, Absolutely. And uh, we do have, uh, there are a lot of, at, at the time we're recording this, there are over 180 Movies by Minutes uh, shows you can listen to. And you can find them all out there on uh, moviesbyminutes.com. Go check them out. If there's, a, there's probably a movie that you love that's out there, uh, there's, there's probably been a minute movie about it. And if not, uh, join us uh, on Movies by Minutes because if you have a movie that you like and you really want to get into it, a minute at a time is a great way to do it. So a great way if you want to get into podcasting, try a Movies by Minutes format. Um, anyway, we, uh, we are now at the end of week one and uh, we'll be jumping in on minute 16 next month on uh, next week on Monday. So, uh, uh, you can find us on uh, place, uh, the best minutes podcast is the name of this podcast. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and Google play, or at the main site at, uh, thebestminutes.com. Uh, on social media, if you'd like to talk back with us, always love to hear from you at, uh, Butch's place, the best years of our lives, listeners cafe on Facebook and on Twitter at, of course, the best minutes. Uh, anyway, we will return uh, next week here. Uh, Hal and Chris and I are hardly can hardly wait to get get into more of this. <laughs> so uh, join us here next week. Have a great weekend. But we'll see you here next time on the Best Minutes podcast. Hey, Joe. You better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.